welcome Thank to you. our podcast. Uh, Jeff, will you briefly, what is the financial index report about? So the ABSA African Financial Market Index is in its third year. Okay. Its goal is not to suggest to investors that they should invest in this country and not another or in this instrument and not another. Okay. The purpose of the index is try to encourage and measure how open and transparent and accessible Africa's capital markets are. Okay. And the reason why that's important is because we all know how big the need is for uh, savings uh, or, or for investments here. Yeah. Whether that be the focus of how do we get uh, offshore participants, right? Yeah. Countries in Europe and North America and Foreign Asia direct. to invest. Yeah. Or really whether we can make it easier for Kenyans yeah, to invest investors. in Kenyan markets as well. Okay. So within that, we measure more than 40 things across six broad topics, yeah. all sort of trying to get to this idea are the markets open and transparent and accessible? Okay. Uh, my, my interview, I want to focus on, on just four, the mm -hmm. four of the broad areas on market depth, access to foreign exchange, market transparency, tax and regulatory environment, and capacity of local investors. Uh, we begin with market depth. Uh, you said that Kenya is at 6% uh, market capitalization, while uh, economies such as South Africa are playing at 33%. Uh, what, what, what does this mean for Kenya? Uh, so in that specific, it wasn't market capitalization, it was turnover. Uh -huh. So that's our estimate. So the Nairobi Stock Exchange, okay. the equity side of that, we uh, think the market cap is about okay. a quarter of GDP. It's okay. about one-fourth the size of the size the of the economy. Yeah. But within that, the average turnover of stocks is only 6% per year. That okay. means okay. most yeah. stocks never change. Yes. Now, you're quite right. South Africa is dramatically different. One, yes. the equity market itself is massively larger. So instead of being a quarter of the economy, yes. the equity market is about three times the size of the economy in South Africa. Okay. And turnover there, turnover is about a third. Okay. Uh, in, in, in that case, is there a concentration risk at the Nairobi Securities Exchange, considering that uh, about like 10 companies have over 50% of the capitalization? So it's normal in, in many places that the top few counters okay. tend to be the largest ones. Okay. And it's also normal that the larger stocks tend to trade much more. Yeah. So that in and of itself would be true of uh, many stock exchanges. Yeah. If you look at the Standard & Poor's 500, yeah. uh, you will find that the top 100 of those 500 companies are much larger than the bottom 400. But I understand the concern here, the yes. idea that if you uh, sort of put Safaricom aside yes. and a couple of the big yes, banks, yes, uh, uh, people struggle to think of who's next in the list. Yes. But within that, right, when we think about open, transparent and accessible, okay. those things are about being able to have more companies list. It's about getting more information out and it's likely to generate more trade in the stocks as well. Okay. Uh, in terms of the low capitalization, is it, uh, is it due to the cap rate? Do you think the cap rate has contributed to that? Well, on the equity market, I guess yes. you might expect that perhaps companies that find it more difficult to finance themselves in yes. debt markets because yes. of the cap rate yes. may actually find themselves floating more often. I don't know if there are specific examples of yes. that. But I doubt that the opposite is true. I doubt that the interest rate cap 
has made it more difficult for, for them the, to for the equity market. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 the report has shown that the bonds issued uh, uh, in Kenya rose uh, from uh, almost, I, I, they doubled from $8.8 billion to $17.5, largely driven by the government, government uh, issuance. Do, does this indicate uh, an increase in government appetite for private sector funding? Well, of course, government has always an appetite for private sector funding. Government uh, issues the bonds and the private sector must buy them. Okay. So in, in that sense, it's a little bit zero sum. You can't issue a bond without a purchaser. Yeah. More broadly, what it's highlighting that public deficits are quite substantial. Okay. And uh, so the need for financing each year, both to cover uh, this year's shortfall, but also to cover principal repayments on previous years, is very, very large. And that comes part of this story about rising debt levels from okay. the government, not only here in Kenya, but you had the same discussion in Uganda. We have the same discussion in Zambia, yeah. in Mozambique, in Ghana, in South Africa. Okay. Uh, do, do, how, in, in terms of market debt, what do you think uh, are the steps we need to take to leverage on technology to increase the uptake? Well, that's very interesting. And, and it is the case that within the index itself, mm -hmm we include very little about sort of fintech yes. solutions. Yes. It's something that we're looking at doing in subsequent years. Mm -hmm. The challenge we have in that space, we know, for example, that when it comes to fintech, uh -huh. Kenya is not just a leader in East Africa uh, yes. or across the yes. continent, it's a, it's a global a leader. Global, yes. um, and right from things like mobile money to yes. the ability to participate in the government bond market from a mobile phone yes. as a retail investor, yes. there's so many exciting things happening here. Yeah. Our challenge for the index is we have 20 countries there. And so for us to include a measure, we need to have reliable updated uh, data, common, not just for Kenya, yes, uh, but for, for all 20. 20 yes. And so around fintech, around, the, uh, around the, the broader topic of financial inclusion, yes, which is so important for all of us here on the continent, it's yeah. at the very heart of what we as Barclays uh, Kenya, as ABSA Group are focused on, yes. our ability to pop that into the index. We're, you know, we're open to ideas. Yes. Uh, we're really open to ideas because yes. we know it's important, but we don't know how to get it measured consistently uh, yes. and timely okay. across all 20 economies. Okay. So that's where we're struggling that's a little a, bit. That's maybe a challenge for Yeah, you. yeah. So it's, it's not that it's not there because it's not important. Yes. It's not there because we're struggling to find out the right way to measure. Yes, it's the mm -hmm. metrics. Uh, on, in terms of access to foreign exchange, Kenya had topped that, that category in 2018, but it fell in 2019. Why do you think that is so? And also on the same, our import cover was, uh, has been said to be around 5.58 uh, months cover. Do you see this as adequate, uh, considering that it's been fluctuating for the first half of 2019, around four months to between four and six? Is that adequate? Uh, so there's no hard and fast rule on uh, the import cover way of thinking about the right level of reserves. Okay. Often you'll see the IMF, the World Bank and others sort of start highlighting a concern as that gets to three months or below. Yes. One of our southern African partners, Zambia, it's only about a month and a half. Yes. And certainly that's getting to the point where it's really very, very tight. Okay. But Kenya at four, five, five and a half months yes. seems... Um, seems like plenty in that space. Yeah, yeah. and what do you think uh, we fell in uh, from 2018 to 2019? 
So part of it was around some transparency on on the foreign exchange side, as the report highlights, and it's a very sensitive topic. There's okay. a disagreement right now yes. between the central bank and, and the International uh, Monetary Fund on the way that the shilling FX market is characterized. Okay. I want to be very clear on the, the side of the report. We look to use data sets that are common across countries. Yes. So we would use an IMF input yes. versus uh, uh, the yeah. CBK's yes. input. Yes. Yes. But before we make too much uh, out of this, yes. this is one indicator of more than 40. Right? So yes. there's a deterioration there, uh, but there are okay. increases elsewhere, and it okay. certainly isn't the case. Yes. So what we've seen here is suddenly Kenya's position overall in the index that was three last yes. year. Yeah. It certainly hasn't suddenly deteriorated this year or accelerated. Okay. So there is a change in scoring in that part of the index. It comes down to this definitional disagreement around the exchange rate. I know that it is very front of mind here in Kenya, but I don't think that that changes the broad message about Kenya yes. or Kenya's place in the broader index. Ah, okay. Uh, in, uh, on, uh, on market transparency, tax and regulatory environment, uh, we've seen uh, the banking sector change their reporting standards, which saw the uh, non-performing loans uh, increase. Is this, uh, is this, does this show that, uh, is this uh, an effect of the new standards or are the non-performing loans there just that they were unable to capture? So, remember, as you change banking standards, the definition of non-performing loans will change. Yes. So if we think about it in the simplest manner, mm -hmm. if I'm a bank and I look at my banking book, okay. I know pretty well what I've lent people. Okay. I know pretty well who's exactly on time. Yes. I know pretty well who's a little bit behind, yes. a little bit more behind, okay. or really they're causing me a big problem. Okay. And as you and as you move through banking regulatory standards, one of the things that changes is how those different categories of being a little bit behind uh, yes. get counted for an MPL. So okay. you're not actually describing necessarily a bank's book that looks any different. Yes. You're simply using a different mapping of how you describe uh, it. Okay. Uh, in terms of uh, taxation, we've, we've seen uh, Kenya introduce a mobile uh, tax for mobile cash transaction. What does this mean for digital financing uh, uptake and financial inclusion? Seeing that sending as, l as low as $1 is costing you almost 10% of that. Uh, so I'm afraid I don't, I don't have a strong sense. Uh, that's a very specific question that I don't have an answer to. Okay. Uh, in terms of uh, capacity of local investors, uh, you say that uh, pension funds are set due by 17% uh, to $10.5 billion mm. in, uh, I'm thinking it's 2018. How, uh, however, most of the investment are in government bonds and real estate. Uh, how, how do we move away from this and diversify our funds for fund well, managers? Well, there's going to be a couple different things here. One would just be sort of the investment environment. Where do you think the greatest returns versus risk are? And in an environment where government bonds are uh, at double-digit levels and okay. in an environment where inflation is low, okay. it's natural that government bonds will be attractive. Yes. Beyond that, though, there's a question on, on really education. It's educating the regulators, it's educating trustees. Okay. So what we see in many economies across the continent is that pension funds struggle to invest in things like private equity. Yes. Sometimes because the regulation prevents it, but in other times because the trustees themselves know too little about it and as a consequence okay. they wish to remain more conservative remember yes. at the end of the day 
as much as for a pension fund you want to ensure a comfortable retirement for those who have yes, invested yeah, in you yeah, by yeah. getting them yes, the highest yes. possible return, yes. you also want to ensure the greatest safety of their assets. Yes. So it's natural that trustees will always be more conservative with the general market. Okay. And I think there's an element for that. Yeah. On the Emma Kiba, this is a bond where you buy by via mobile. It was uh, initially offered in 2017. That's about three years ago. The treasury had uh, had initial has floated uh, about 1.65 billion Kenya shillings, raising uh, only 782 million, which is about uh, 40, 49, 50 percent of what they targeted. Uh, what, what 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 does this mean? What does this show about the local investors? Because that was targeting local Kenyan investors. What does this show about the local local investors? So from where I said, it's still a very exciting outcome. Yes. Right. Yeah. Because what we want to do when we think about basic bits of financial inclusion, we okay. want to get money outside of mattresses, right? And we want to get it in the formal system. Yes. First part in the formal system may be saving on my phone. Yes. That yields very little. The yes. next part of the formal system may be saving it with a bank. That's yes. more, but it's still not that exciting necessarily. Yes. Government bonds provide a much more exciting and stable return for long-term investors and help okay. sort of general population, sort of retail investors easily save in a product that yields more for them. Yes. By making that available by mobile, that's a super exciting development. Whether it's meeting its targets or not, I, you know, I know less about how the targets were set. Yeah. But I think in general, yeah. a program like this is probably going to be seen as um, as a lead, it's not quite the right phrase. This is going to be seen as aspirational across the continent. Okay. Uh, on the last question, uh, Kenya ranked that overall uh, in this uh, financial report. Uh, what is the future in the media term? Maybe say five years, 2023. And uh, on the same, on the future, do you see more players like coming to the stocks exchange? Uh, now that you have like 63 companies, do you see like that number in the media term growing? I would think if you spoke to the head of the stock the exchange stock here, he will tell you a very uh, exciting story about okay. our expectation that more companies will be looking to list and provide investable opportunities, but also financing for themselves. Okay. Right? In terms of the index itself, yes. Kenya was number three in the index yes. overall, overall last year, number three again this year. Yes. The two countries ahead of it, South Africa and Mauritius, have a bit of a gap. Yes. But where Kenya is itself, the gap in number of points between yes. third place Kenya and sixth place Nigeria yes. is only two or three points. Yeah, it's, a yeah, very, it's a very dense yes. part of the league table. Yeah, yeah. And what that means is that uh, everyone in that space mm -hmm. is going to be running pretty fast the, you said the, just, to, this, keep, just yes. to keep their same place in the index. And that's very okay. exciting because what matters most here isn't whether a country comes third or fourth or fifth. Yes. It's what a country is doing to making its markets more open and transparent uh, and accessible. Yes, yeah. And it's precisely this sort of competitive nature yes, right, that, yeah. that helps light a fire under some of the market changes that will help in this space. Yeah. And so I have no doubt that five years from now, yeah. Kenya's score will be higher I, than I, it is today. Yeah. It's not at all clear to me whether that will be enough okay. to keep Kenya in third, whether it can move to second, yes. or whether it might slip to fifth or sixth, because that's not just a question about Kenya's performance, okay. that's a question about the other countries in the index. Uh, yeah. And all the countries we engage with are focused on making their markets more accessible, 
transparent and open. And what was most interesting to me, on last Friday, we launched the index at, mm -hmm. in Washington, D.C., yes. at the IMF and World Bank annual meetings. Mm -hmm. And the number of countries not covered in the index that came to us and said, what do we do to get in the index? Because we want to be more focused on these things, okay. and we see this as a tool to help us have this discussion with parliamentarians, with policymakers and regulators. Yes. So it's going to get tougher rather than it's going to get easier. Yes. But the rewards here are in making the reforms rather than standing on the podium. Uh, okay. And uh, generally, you said uh, around uh, 13 have scored 50 and above. What does mm. that mean for Africa as a... As well, so there's nothing special about 50. So a, a country that scored top marks in... Yes all more than 40 indicators would be 100. Yes. So the top scoring country this year is South Africa, so in the yeah. mid-upper yes. 80s. 80, yes. uh, Mauritius is in the mid-70s. Then you have Kenya on about 65. 65, yeah. What's interesting in this space is that when we launched the index in 2017, only six countries scored 50 or above yes. in the index. This year, 13 countries are yes. scoring 50 or above. So that really demonstrates this idea that everybody is progressing. Yes. So if you want to move up the rankings, yes, you need to. You got to be running not just fast, yeah. but faster than everyone around you. Yes, and beat those who are there. Yeah, it's a proper challenge, but the returns here are really important. Okay. We, as a continent, as a region, as a country, we need to mobilize capital yeah. so that the infrastructure we require, so that the private sector funding, so that the investable opportunities yeah. for pensioners or retail investors or, or global Foreign, funds, yes. all of that's made easier. And the outcome of that yes. will be an economy that grows faster, that's in a better position ah. to provide for tens of millions of Kenyans. Okay. And that's the point of all of this at its most basic. Okay. I think that is all. Thank you very much Perfect. for your time. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you.